Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Michelle Schneider. She likes to be called Mish, so we're going to call her Mish. Uh, she is the Director of Trading Education at MarketGage.com. She's also the author of a new book called Plant Your Money Tree, A Guide to Growing Your Wealth. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Mish. Thank you, Jordan. Nice to be here. So you have a very colorful background, so just briefly tell us uh, how you got into the whole financial world and, and how you got to where you are today. Okay. Well, I actually started out in life doing everything my parents told me to do. I was very good in school, so they told me I should become a teacher, that I should get married, and that I should live about 20 minutes from where they lived. And so I was a dutiful daughter, and I did all of that. But I actually realized pretty short order that the life that I was creating for myself was their version of it and not mine. So I moved away from them into Manhattan. I separated and divorced from the first husband, but I was still working as a teacher. And I had this very auspicious happening during the Yankees World Series a while back. This girl came to my door and she asked me if if she could borrow something because she was having a, a party for the World Series. And it turned out she worked for Merrill Lynch and worked on the floor of the Commodities Exchange in the World Trade Center. She was a clerk. And she asked me if I wanted to go down and see what she did. So I absolutely said yes. And when I went down there, my eyes nearly popped out of my head because it was everything that I knew nothing about, but knew right away that I wanted to know everything about. And so it was took me a while to get a job down there because I had absolutely no business experience. I grew up in a family that was very low middle class. My dad was a mailman. We never sat around the de- the dinner table talking about our stock investments or what was going on on Wall Street. So it was just kind of an instinct for me. And I was lucky because I was able to get a job down there after a little bit because this one gentleman who's no longer with us, but Paul Sarnoff, he was a director of research for Conti Commodities, which is part of Continental Grain. And he said to me, I like the cut of your jib. And he hired me to be on the floor as a coffee, sugar, cocoa analyst for the company. So it was like amazing. Baptism yes. by fire. Okay. And then you get on the floor with all these traders and there's loads of other women there. Is that right? <laughs> no, there were very, very few women. I mean, back when I first got hired, there was this awareness of breaking the glass ceiling and trying to get some women down there. But basically, there were maybe in terms of people, women that were actually working as brokers in the pits, there was only a handful. So what did you learn from working in the pits and what did you like about it? Well, first of all, I'm kind of ADD. So for me, being on my feet and having a lot of stimulation was an environment that I could really thrive in, number one. And number two is because I played basketball all throughout my life, high school and college basketball, I was kind of physical to begin with. I knew how to weave my way in and out of things. And, uh, and, and I was really good in math, particularly pattern recognition, geometry in school. So I called upon all of that. And really what I loved about it was that I went from being in an institution my whole life, I mean, literally going from being a student to being a teacher, to now all of a sudden I was in the, in the pulse of the entire world right there at my fingertips. And man, was it an education, both from an economic standpoint, from a world geopolitical standpoint, and also really understanding how men operate. 
So one of the things you caught on pretty early was charting, is that right? And they allowed you to bring your charts into the pits. Tell us about that a little bit. Well, first of all, you know, mother, the, uh, necessity being the uh, mother of invention, um, because I am much smaller than most of the guys and my voice didn't carry as well as they when the things got really crazy, I would step outside of the pit and I saw people doing point and figure charts. So I started keeping the, the point and figure charts. And in pretty quickly, I got very, very good at that. So I would stand outside the pit and I would tell people, people would come up to me and say, hey, Mish, what do you think of the, you know, this, that, and the other thing, whatever commodity we were trading. And so um, it really turned out to be the greatest thing that ever happened was becoming a good chartist because not only was it great for being on the floor because I could pick and choose when I would enter the pit, but then when the whole open outcry thing went extinct, you know, obviously charting now, if you're sitting upstairs and trading, you may want to be aware of fundamental information, but really you cannot time your way in and out without, I think, having some basis of technical analysis. So then the open outcry that you were involved with, as you said, did kind of go extinct and went away. What happened after that? Well, electronic trading is, you know, is what everybody does now and pretty much considering you the, the smartphones, how easy it is. Um, essentially, what I did was with my husband, who, by the way, was also a trader on the floor, Keith Schneider, he started an operation called Market Gauge uh, about 20 years ago. And, um, and so we started actually creating tools, tools that were proprietary software tools to help us determine what was going on in the market. And that's where the book really evolved from, which is this whole idea of phases. So tell us what Market Gauge offers and how, how can people work with it? Do they have to subscribe to it? Tell us exactly how that works. Well, Market Gauge is, is a financial uh, publishing company, and so we do pretty much everything. We give uh, educational content, starting with you know content like my daily blog, which is called Mish's Market Minute. My husband writes one every week called Market Outlook. We have courses that are meant to train people how to think about the markets. And then we have five quant models, which are all algorithm-based that basically take any guesswork out of trading. They, they essentially tell you what to do based on all of the algorithms that they use. And then we have a discretionary service, which I run, which is essentially do what I do or learn what I do. Um, and that's basically Mish's Market Minute Advantage. Um, so, yeah, and we have tools. We still have a lot of tools, really great tools, tools that can pretty much tell you what's going on on a daily basis from what is changing a phase to a product we call called Big View, which gives you all these ratio charts, tells you what are the leading sectors, the leading stocks in that sector, what's going to counter, et cetera. So is this only for short-term trading, or if somebody wants to buy something for a longer term, can they get some value from market gauge? I'd say both. I mean, if you want to be a short-term trader, we have a lot of courses, and we do some videos that come out based on day trading, one called the AM Trader, for example. But if you want to be a longer-term trader, our quant models are not meant to be active. They are meant to put you in a position and carry the trend. So like, for example, um, the, the, the gold miners, they have been in the gold miners for months and months and months uh, in one of the particular models. And that's because the trend is still up and it's designed to be able to sit through some of the volatility but keep you in unless the trend actually turns around. So you're giving out signals. You don't actually do the trades for people unless you have the discretionary account. Is that right? 
Well, yes, but we also have a registered investment advisory company called MGAM, uh, Market Gauge uh, Asset Management, which my husband is uh, in charge of. He's the RIA. And um, and so if you want, we take money and then that that is used basically follows the models with a little bit of discretionary trading. Um, but all the models are based on the principles that we've learned from the floor. So they were based on our discretionary trading thoughts and then coded with um, one of the people that work for us, James Kimball, who is amazing at coding those things and getting them to be incredibly accurate. They've done very, very well. So what is the minimum investment if they wanted the asset management to uh, manage money for them? We try to be flexible. So I'm not even going to give you a minimum. I think if people, I mean, obviously, you know, we don't want somebody with $2,000. That would be uh, not not really uh, actually great for them. Um, but but I, I don't really want to pigeon it. But let's say if you had 50000 and you were really interested in working with us and potentially growing that amount of money that you've given to us, we would consider it and everything on up from there. What kind of uh, performance has it had over compared to the market indices? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, let's see. I wish I had that right on the top of my head here. Well, um, I could find out for you, but basically I know, like, for example, we have what we call alpha rotation model. And it was in the indices, uh, got out with huge profits, then t- went into bonds, got out with huge profit, and then went back into the indices where it's where it sits right now. And I'd say that's probably up about 38% this year, but I would have to double check on that. Yeah. But in the long run, the, the model has outperformed the market is what you're saying. Absolutely. We have the models been in place actively for several years. And when back tested, even going back before the crash in 2008, we have basically outperformed the market almost every single year. And for somebody who doesn't have a lot of background in trading and all this stuff, as you didn't when you started this whole thing, is it something they could learn about and, and actively participate in or is it kind of too overwhelming? Well, again, it depends on where you go. What my what my service is, Mish's Market Minute Advantage, is really meant for people who aren't experienced in investing but want to learn. And so what I do is I give trades and I give alerts for those trades, but I also teach. I have two videos I do every week where basically it's like you're sitting next to me and looking at my screen and seeing how I put things together. I am very active on social media. I answer a lot of questions. I have uh, an email that I respond to when people email me. So I'd say that if you are brand new, we are a really good source because we have everything soup to nuts from the novice to the extremely experienced. Very good. Uh, so uh, tell us about the book a little bit. What was the reason to do this book? There are so many books out there about investing. Well, the reason why um, I wrote this book is I have a pretty unique background. Um, First of all, I was a special ed teacher. And what I did do in the mid-90s was I went back into education for a while, which was interesting because after spending 13 years on the floor, I wasn't exactly uh, like I was when I was a young girl. I had major world knowledge and I was now primed to solve problems. So when I went into the school, I got very, very involved with uh, inclusion because the law had changed with the Individuals with Disabilities with Education Act and the law stated that kids with disabilities 
needed to be in the general education environment 80% of their day, which was very challenging for special ed teachers and for general education teachers because they were including kids, some of whom who had very significant disabilities. So my job, my job was to, I'm sorry, I'm shushing my dogs, (laughs) trying to keep them very quiet. Uh, My job was to modify the curriculum. So that meant if I had a kid say with Down syndrome in a biology class and they were learning about cells, I would figure out what part of that lesson could that child actually participate in and whether it was very rote, just labeling four parts of a cell, what have you. The point was to keep that child in the classroom with their peers, okay? So I had that sensibility in my mind. I also had the floor trading experience, you know, which is unique because not only, as we said before, is it extinct, but if you look at the entire world population of how many people actually traded on the floor, it's very few compared to the amount of people who actually invest. And then I've had my 10 years of experience teaching people about the markets and how to trade. So I put all of that together And I came up with what I thought would be the basic, most basic way for people to be able to understand how the markets work and how the economy works. And that's what I did through these six phases. And we're going to get into that after this next break. Okay. Uh, This is is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Michelle Schneider. She calls herself Mish. Uh, She is the Director of Trading Education at marketgage.com, so you can find out more at marketgage, uh, pronounced, uh, spelled G-A-U-G-E.com. Her other website is moneywithmish.com, and you can find out more about her book, which is called Plant Your Money Tree, A Guide to Growing Your Wealth. We'll be back after this. If you're using one of the big wireless providers in 2019, have you asked yourself what you're paying for? Between expensive retail stores, inflated prices, and hidden fees, you're being taken advantage of because they'll know you'll pay. Enter Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile provides the same premium network coverage you're used to, but at a fraction of the cost because everything is online. Mint Mobile saves you on retail locations and overhead and then passes those savings directly on to you. I got Mint Mobile on my phone and it provided a very clear signal wherever I go and it saved me about $150 a month over what I was paying before. Mint Mobile makes it easy to cut your wireless bill down to just 15 bucks a month. Every plan comes with an unlimited nationwide talk and text. With Mint Mobile, stop paying for unlimited data you'll never use. Choose plans between 3, 8, or 12 gigabits of 4G LTE data. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with your existing contacts. Ditch your old wireless bill and start saving with Mint Mobile. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash moneyanswers. That's mintmobile.com slash moneyanswers. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash moneyanswers. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. 
Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune into Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mish Schneider. Uh, She is the author of a new book called Plant Your Money Tree, A Guide to Growing Your Wealth. She is also the Director of Trading Education at MarketGage.com. You can find out more at her website, marketgage.com, or also moneywithmish.com. Welcome back to the show, Mish. Thank you, Jordan. So the concept you've come up with in the book and everything about your research is what you call market phases. So before we get into the six different market phases, just kind of tell us what a market phase is and how you can use it to make good investments. Well, I liken it to a compass. If you are, I mean, now everybody has a navigation system, so we can say compass or navigation system, but let's go a little old school to a compass when you actually had to either look at a compass to see if you were going north, south, east, or west, or somewhere in between. The phases work in the same way. They give you six different directions that any instrument is always in, whether it be a currency or an index or a sector or a particular stock or a commodity, everything is always trading in one of those six phases. And so essentially, what we look at is what does that mean when it's in a particular phase? And not, by the way, in the book, just about investing, but also if your kid is going off to college, what should he or she major in? What is trending well? What's in more of a positive phase versus something that may be dying on the vine? You want to change careers. Where should you go? You want to borrow money from the bank. What's happening there? What phase is you know the interest rates in, for example? What is uh, a good time to buy a home or sell a home? All of that can be can give anybody enough information at least to either ask the right questions or put a thought in their head so that they start thinking a little bit differently than how they may have thought before. So how can you tell for sure that you're in a particular phase? Is it only looking at a chart or how do you know when one phase is ending and another one starting? Well, it's based on charts, but because most people are incredibly intimidated by charts, I've really cleaned it up. First of all, we all learned how to read a simple bar chart in elementary school, and yet it's amazing how many people look at a chart and they freeze. So essentially what I did, just like you would have a needle on a compass, is I put two moving averages. And moving averages, they're just lagging indicators of price going back. And it's very predictive, not perfect, but it's very predictive about where prices will be in the future. So the phase gives you that exact direction. So for example, 
I'll use a 50-day or a 50-weekly. In the book, I went with weekly because I wanted people to have a little bit of a perspective there, which is about a year. So you can look at something from a year ago, and then I also have a 200-week moving average, which is about four years. So you start to see price pattern, and you don't even have to look at the pattern. All you have to know is where those two moving averages are relative to each other. Is the 50 above the 200? Is it below the 200? etc. And then I mentioned things like slope, which is, again is very simple physics, because if something is trending well, then you would expect the slope to reflect that with some momentum or an upward slope, etc. So that's about as basic as you can get. The charts are very clean and they're easily accessible from anything. There are plenty of places that offer free charts or if you happen to have a particular trading platform or if you trade through Schwab or what have you, you can get them. So that's really where it starts. You have to be willing to say, I want to look at this weekly chart and then from Mish's book, I can tell you right now that I'm interested, say, in, I don't know, how FedEx is doing, for example, just came to my head and I know that that chart right now is looking pretty bad so what yeah so what i want to make an investment in fedex right now or or my portfolio has some investment in fedex is that really good for my for for my future for my financial future that kind of thing yeah so you're looking at a longer term if you're looking at a 50 week versus a 200 week those are pretty long-term trends most people are looking at much shorter term 20 day or 50 day moving averages are you going to get a different reading if you have a short-term trend versus that one-year versus four-year kind of trend? Well, sometimes yes, sometimes no. So, for example, right now, if you looked at the um, S&P 500, let's just say, the weekly charts are still in a bullish trend and the daily charts in a bullish trend. And, in fact, when the S&P 500 had a, a little bit of a meltdown in July, the weekly chart never changed to a more negative phase. So you kind of knew at that point that from a longer-term perspective, the market was still healthy. So ideally, you want to really refer to both if you're a more active trader. And if you're not, you can really look at the weekly chart, and that's going to keep you from frenetically calling your financial planner and saying, what's going on? And, you know, because you can see that actually nothing has really changed in a longer term. Yeah. So let's go through there the six phases. Uh, let's start with the most exciting one, which is the bullish or what you call the euphoria phase. So that's where the things are really shooting up. What, what do you look for to know that you're in the bullish phase and when is it about to end? Okay, so first of all, yeah, I call it euphoria and I like to attach emotions to each one of the phases because we trade with a sort of collective mentality or what they call the herd mentality. So essentially, if you know that the public or the phase means that people are in a state of euphoria, you may or may not want to question that. You just know that everything looks good at that point and everybody's happy in spite of whatever you might see in the headlines. And as we know, we are in a situation where between social media, 24-hour news loops, you're going to see headlines that are going to tell you all the reasons why the market should go down. And it might, but you don't really need to guess. All you have to do is look that right now things are in a bullish phase, things are still euphoric. So, for a bullish phase... We want to see a couple of things. Number one is we want to see that 50-week or 50-day above, actually positioned above the 200-day or the 200-week, what we call stacked. It has to be stacked that way. 
then what you want to see is the slopes on both of those moving averages at least neutral or slightly starting to gain momentum on an incline. So that's the ideal situation. And then the third thing you want to see is the price above most, both of those moving averages. So if one were to look, let's say right now, while they were listening to me at a spy chart, you would see that the 50-day is above the 200-day, the 50-week is above the 200-week, and the slopes on the weekly charts, both are still pointing up. Same thing in the daily, although the 50 now is still somewhat neutral because, you know, the market is chopping around here. And the price is above both of those moving averages. So it's a very clean bullish phase. So that's the SPY, which is the S&P 500. Is there a particular industry group or even a particular stock you would say is in the euphoric or bullish phase right now? Well, within the S&P 500, you know, we also want to look at tech stocks because tech stocks have been really the stocks that have been outperforming for years now. I mean, that's just not a new phenomenon, but the semiconductors and the tech stocks have been outperforming. So if we take a stock, let's say... Um, well, you know, let's just look at the ETF. I, I actually really like to encourage people to look at the exchange-traded funds because you can look at a particular stock that's within that, and that's perfectly valid. But, um, but if you look at the actual sector, then you can see how the whole sector is doing. So you get a, a weight of all the different stocks in the sector rather than, say, buying one stock that turns out to crash, whereas the one that's keeping the semiconductors higher isn't. Um, so, like, for example, let's take a look at NVIDIA, which is a very popular tech stock. That also is in a bullish phase on the daily chart. And that has been a very hot stock, although it had a huge sell-off at the end of 2018 and for the first few months of 2019. The question is, it's coming back. Would it be a good investment? I wouldn't even tell you yes or no. I would say, based on what I see on the charts, it's not a bad one because it's in a bullish phase. But there are definite dangers at buying in the bullish euphoric stage because you don't know when it's going to end. And when it ends, it can often end very sharply. Is that right? If the bullishness fades. Well, yes. And so, A, I mean, this is what makes trading and investing so interesting. Number one is there's a time of when to get into a stock. And the best time, or, or in any instrument, the best time is when it's actually changing phases. So that's what we call at an inflection point. So, for example, when um, the S&P 500 started after the, 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 well, let's go before the crash that we had in December. It was trading in a bullish phase, and it was staying that way, and it started to sell off. And when it broke that 50-week moving average, you had plenty of opportunity to know that the phase was changing, and you had a really good opportunity to either exit the S&P 500, if you were in that, or your stocks that were following in that same phase. And the same thing happened on the way down. What you want to do is you want to get back in when it's clearing. And the reason why is you want to control your risk. And this is something that most people, there are two things that most people do not understand about trading. Even some very sophisticated traders, by the way. A is risk, reward, and B is position sizing. So the reason why those two things are important is because if you're getting that inflection point where things are changing phase, that means that you know that if it's a fake out and that happens, you're going to get right out. If you're buying and you're going to lose a little money, 
But when you catch it right, you're going to make a lot more. I mean, this is a game where you can't say you'll never lose. That's just BS. You're going to lose. The idea is to lose a little and to follow a trend. What happens with people, and this is just because we're programmed this way since caveman time, is we are much better at failing than we are succeeding. And so we tend to hold on to our losses way too long. And we cut our wins way too short. And so that's something that what this does is, you know, it's the wind at your back. If you're in a phase, you get in as a good inflection point. It doesn't stop you out because it's going to continue and it's going to gain in that momentum. It's going to tell you to keep in that trade until certain parameters change. And the second thing I mentioned was position sizing. What happens is, is people will add to losers. So they develop these big positions in their losing trades, they get killed. And then when things are going in their favor, they start taking profits because they can't believe they're making money. And now they're left with this little teeny position that can't possibly make up for any big loss they may have just had when they were wrong. Very good. Okay, we're going to take another break. Uh, this is uh, Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Ms. Schneider. She is Director of Trading Education at MarketGage.com. You can find out more about her at MarketGage.com or MoneyWithMish.com and also find out about her book, Plant Your Money Tree, A Guide to Growing Your Wealth. We'll be back after this. I want to tell you about a new deodorant called Native that I recently began trying out. It's safe, simple, and effective, and is made with all natural ingredients. Making the switch to a natural deodorant does not mean having to sacrifice on odor or wetness protection. Unlike most other deodorants, it does not have aluminum, parabens, or talc. Those substances have been linked to several serious health issues. Instead, Native has fewer, simpler ingredients found in nature, such as coconut oil, shea butter, and tapioca starch. Native comes in a wide variety of enticing scents for both men and women, as well as an unscented formula. Some of the most popular scents are coconut and vanilla, lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, and eucalyptus and mint. They even have some limited edition seasonal scents throughout the year. I tried the cucumber and mint myself, and it smelled wonderful and was very effective. I also got the lavender and rose for my girlfriend, and she really loved it. <laughs> All over the country are giving Native great reviews. It has 8,000 five-star recommendations in the latest survey. It's also been featured on many national, national uh, TV and radio shows. There's no risk to try Native since they offer free shipping, returns, and exchanges. If you subscribe over one, two, three, or four months and you have it delivered to your home, you can save up to 17%, which comes out to about $2 per stick. Give Native a try and save 20% off your first purchase by visiting nativedeodorant.com and use promo code MONEYANSWERS during checkout. That's nativedeodorant.com and use promo code MONEYANSWERS during checkout for a 20% discount. Take care of your body. It's the only place you have to live. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? 
Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mish Schneider. She is Director of Trading Education at MarketGage.com. You can find out about her at MarketGage.com. She also has a website, MoneyWithMish.com. And her new book is called Plant Your Money Tree, A Guide to Growing Your Wealth. Welcome back to the show, Mish. Thank you, Jordan. We were talking about the different market phases. We talked about the bullish euphoria phase. And the next one is caution and anxiety. So what happens during that phase? Well, you know, basically, uh, Murphy's Law, you know, things cannot stay great forever. It's just the nature of things. So eventually something will hit the tape, something will hit the economy, or some geopolitical situation will happen, or some weather situation will happen, and so the market will start to sell off. And that is what happens after a bullish phase. It goes into what a caution, or what's known as a caution phase. And yes, people start to get a little anxious because they've enjoyed such great profits throughout the bullish phase, and it seems so easy. Oh, just buy anything, it goes up. And wait a minute, all of a sudden, that's not happening. So that's a, a time where it should be taken exactly for what it means, caution. Not necessarily run for the hills, but at least start paying attention before you either continue to buy a lot of equities or um, if you're looking about maybe protecting yourself, how can you do that, etc. What so would be an example today of something that would be in the caution phase? Okay, a great example that's something – let's look at Facebook, right? Everybody knows about Facebook. Obviously, Zuckerman has been – Zuckerberg has been in uh, – is it Zuckerman or Zuckerberg all of a sudden? Yeah, I'm blanking on his name. Wow, that's terrible. Uh, sorry. Um, anyway, if you look at that stock, I mean, you want to talk about, you know, a political football type of stock. That's been a classic example. And up until, uh, well, it crashed earlier in the year. And then it started coming back in 2019, just like every other stock did. And it peaked out in um, actually July. Since July, it has sold off. 
and it went under that 50-day moving average. And now I'm looking at a daily chart. So what do we know? We know that people who were invested in Facebook started to have some anxiety about all of the different problems that Facebook has been having and all the attention, negative attention it's been getting from the media and from the administration. So there's a great example of a caution phase. Does that mean Facebook stock's gonna go down and never return? No, because what happens is the phases are cyclical, but they don't always follow in that perfect cyclical or clockwise fashion. So it would just tell you that, A, maybe that's not a really good time to invest in Facebook, number one. And number two is, when would I invest in Facebook? Well, if the caution phase turns out not to be anything too dramatic and it goes back into a bullish phase, there's that inflection point I'm talking about where you would have the tightest risk if it actually reversed. Let's go to the next market phase, which is what you call distribution or fear. Uh, What is that one like? Well, now let's say the caution phase actually gives you no reason to have any good news for whatever that is. You know, let's again, let's talk about what happened in October 2018. We really went almost like an express train from a bullish phase to a caution phase into a distribution phase. And what happens in a distribution phase is literally people start to have fear in the market and they take their money, they literally distribute their money out of equities into cash or whatever is the perceived safety play at that particular time. And so again, we can recover from there, but if things go from bad to worse, it's another good opportunity for people to go, yikes, you know, and who cares what's going on? You know, this, so that, you and the sell. Other. If you're entering a distribution state, you should probably sell to avoid further losses. Is that right? If you haven't been paying attention in the caution phase and that was accelerating and you finally tuned into the distribution phase, yeah, you probably should consider selling or at least not buying. Okay. And the next phase is bearish. That's what you call despair. So uh, what, what goes on during that phase? Well, now um, basically we really hit the skids, you know, so let's look at some of our classic periods of a bearish phase. 2001, dot-com bubble. 2008, Lehman Brothers and the mortgage debacle. That's really when now all of a sudden people start to pay attention. People who think that the market's always going to come back go, oh, wow, what if it doesn't? I better get out. And so what happens is it's almost like a self-fulfilling thing with the bearish phases because the selling starts to really accumulate and then uh, everybody gets out and very often, unfortunately, the public will sell at the lows. Financial planners who are only paid to buy will sometimes sit through the bearish phase until their very jobs are threatened. And so it's really a time where volatility picks up and you know, everybody gets kind of sad. You know, let's face it, this is America. Everybody likes to see things bullish. But in retrospect, you call it a capitulation, is a good time to buy, even though it might be difficult emotionally. Is that, a, you should try to buy into a bearish despair moment? No. <laughs> okay. That's, that's, called, that's called buying a falling knife. You yes. never want to do that. I mean, you know, here's a, let's go, let's look at the last two major. I don't even want to count the one in 2018 at the end because we had the Powell flip and everything went right back up. So that was a very short-lived 
uh, time. But, you know, a lot of people who've been trading for less than 10 years don't even know the damage that can be done in a bear phase. So if we look, let's say, at 2001, when we peaked in the price in the S&P 500 was uh, about 160 Within a very, very short period of time, within two years, it literally halved. It went down 50% the market. If you've kept thinking that it can't go down any further and you kept buying, you got killed. So you don't want to do that. And then let's look at the one in 2008. From the peak, it dropped over 57% from its peak to its valley. So again, you could have gotten killed if you kept buying thinking that it was over. So this is where our compass comes back in and we can go to the next phase. So what would it be an example of something today that's embarrassed the spare phase? Oh, uh, let me see if I can find a good one here. Well, let's look at, you know, some of the Chinese stocks like Baidu. Mm-hmm. Baidu is in a bearish phase, has been in a bearish phase on every time frame. And when I say every time frame, I mean on the weekly chart, on the daily chart. You know, I keep seeing people who are saying it's going to be bottoming, it's going to be bottoming. It even tried to fake out and bottom for a while, and now it's back down today. That's a classic example of something that's just been hurt badly and doesn't mean it'll never come back. But if you stop buying it on the basis that you think it will without a compass, again, you can lose a lot of money. And then the next phase is what you call the recuperation or hope phase. So what turns from the bearish into recuperation? Okay, so let's look at one of my favorite stocks, actually. Um, and by the way, you know, I, I, in the book I cover where should you be looking for things to buy, whether it's something you like, uh, you know, using a consumer instinct like what Peter Lynch made famous in the Fidelity Magellan Fund, or whether it's a mega trend that you like to follow. Um, and in this case, DDD, which is 3D Systems, is in a mega trend that I think is only in its infancy, which is uh, 3D printing. I, I really believe that 3D printing is not cost effective now, but as it becomes more available to the retail space, it's going to explode. So I watch this stock very carefully. And this stock entered into a bearish phase uh, a while ago, in October, and it never recovered with the rest of the market until more recently. So basically now that's in a recuperation phase right here. So this is the type of stock that if you're following a mega trend or you just simply like uh, a stock, let's say like Apple or something like that, had had been in a bearish phase and went back into a, a recuperation phase. To me, this is the best time. This is my favorite phase. And I call it hopeful because this is where the smart money comes back in. When I say the smart money, I mean the institutional money. This is where a lot of the financial planners don't get in because they've already have now uh, post-traumatic stress disorder from getting killed in the bearish phase. So if you're a savvy trader and you've protected yourself, you ready, you have cash and you want to buy things that are recovering. So 3D Systems is a kind of a perfect example because it's trading now above the 50 day moving average. It's not quite above the 50 week yet, but you get in with a very low risk at those phases. And if you're right, you can do really well. By the time the public is talking about 3D systems, you're already booking your nice gains. That's the perfect scenario. Very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Mish Schneider. She's director of trading education at marketgauge.com. That's the website. You can go see more about her. She also has a website moneywithmish.com and the book she just did we're talking about is called Plant Your Money Tree A Guide to Growing Your Wealth We'll be back after this 
ClearBank is changing the way entrepreneurs raise money by providing equity-free capital. Co-founder Michelle Romano, who is star of Canada's Dragon's Den TV show, which is Canada's version of Shark Tank, co-founded ClearBank with her partner Andrew D'Souza after seeing how many companies were willing to part with precious equity in exchange for marketing money. ClearBank believes that founders shouldn't have to give up a piece of their company to fund marketing and inventory expenses. ClearBank can provide your company with $10,000 to $10 million without you having to give up a stake in your firm. You can get a term sheet with all the details in less than 20 minutes once you contact them. ClearBank charges a small flat fee for the capital, and you pay them back by sharing in the revenue that your company generates by expanding its marketing. It's not a loan. There's no interest rate, no fixed maturity date, no personal guarantees, no credit checks, and no financial covenants. ClearBank also connects you to marketing agencies, e-commerce professionals, venture capitalists, accountants, and others to help your business grow. ClearBank invested $150 million last year and is on track to invest a billion dollars this year. Some notable companies they've invested in are Public Goods, Lisa Sleep, and Latote. So if your business is generating over $10,000 a month in revenue, find out how you can qualify for ClearBank Capital by getting your term sheet in 20 minutes at clearbank.com slash answers. That's C-L-E-A-R-B-A-N-C dot com slash answers. ClearBank, getting back to what you love most, growing your business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth in Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth in Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mish Schneider. She's Director of Trading Education at MarketGage.com. You can find her there also at MoneyWithMish.com. And you can also find out more about her book. We've been talking about Plant Your Money Tree, A Guide to Growing Your Wealth. Welcome back to the show, Mish. Thank you. So we've talked about five of the six phases, the bullish, the caution, distribution, bearish, recuperation. And then the last phase is the accumulation or optimism phase. What happens in that phase? Okay, so we mentioned that the smart money starts to buy. 
in the uh, recuperation phase. And so if things continue, if more interest comes into that stock, or again, any instrument can be in any phase, then what happens is it starts to clear over the 200-day or weekly moving average, depending on what time frame you're looking at. And this is where you know people start to get optimistic. Oh, wow, this stock is healthy. So a perfect example, one that I follow very carefully, is Kroger, which is, um, because I live in the Southwest, Smith's is a big chain grocery here out in the West. You don't have it in the East Coast. But um, but nonetheless, they do online now. They have a thing called ClickList. Um, they're starting to compete a lot more with places like Whole Foods and having organic products, et cetera. So I always like to look at things on some basis of a fundamental reason, but I would never buy without having my roadmap or my phases. So Kroger right now is classic in the accumulation phase, which means it went into the recuperation phase back in August. It, it continued to go up. Now it's cleared the 200. It's just about to clear above in the 50 weekly. So it still hasn't gone into a recuperation phase in the weekly. And this is where you kind of put two, you put two and two together. So you say, okay, it's doing well. It's accumulating on the daily. I just want to see a little bit more confirmation that people really want to buy this stock when it clears the 50 weekly. And now you've got yourself a trade and a very manageable risk. Very good. So that's the market phases for individual securities or indexes or commodities. What are some of the more global things that you look at in making decisions on uh, where to advise people in putting their money? Well, when you say global, let's change that word to macro. Okay. So um, Stanley Druckenmiller, famous hedge fund billionaire, even before I knew this about him, um, but he has been interviewed lately and he said he looks at the inside of the market and that would be the small caps of the Russell 2000, transportation and retail, brick and mortar retail. Those are three of my economic modern family that I have created years ago. And essentially what I've done is I've looked at what I think has the biggest influence or at least is the biggest predictor of what's happening, not only in the U.S. economy, but how that's going to impact the market. So my economic modern family is my macro view. So for example, the Russell 2000, which is the small cap stock, that's 2000 stocks all in the United States. Of all the four indices, I think is the most valuable, and I'm so happy to know that Druckenmiller agrees with me, in terms of saying, hey, what's really the health of the market? We have a lot of recession predictions, um, and then we have others who think the market's going to continue to go up. Well, I wouldn't base that on the S&P 500. I would base that on what the small caps do, for example. Then brick and mortar. telling you today? What is the Russell 2000 telling you today? Today, it's actually recovered from what looked like it was going to be in some trouble last week. It's in a range, though, but it's doing better than what it was doing, yet it's still way lagging behind, say, the S&P 500, which last week made a new all-time high. This is yep. no nowhere near that. Right. And the other two, the retail and transportation, are not doing very well right now, right? Exactly. So actually, retail, and I, when I say retail, I don't mean online retail. That's a small component of it. I mean brick-and-mortar retail because that's really 30, excuse me, 70% of the gross domestic product of the United States economy. That's gotten killed. And on a weekly chart, it's in a bearish phase. But on a daily chart, it's in a recuperation phase. So there again, that's information for people. You want to buy retail stocks? 
wait to see whether who's right. Is the recuperation phase going to fail again and go back into a bearish phase like it's showing on the weekly? Or will the rest of the market pull this up and get this back into a healthier phase? In which case, along with the Russell 2000, you have to assume is a pretty good sign for the U.S. economy again, no matter what the talking heads are saying. Because... Yeah. They, you know, they're just opinions. And then the, the, you know, the other one you were mentioning, transportation. Yeah, I mean, that actually had gotten killed and that actually has come back. So if, let's say the Russell 2000 is the supply side of the economy, this is the demand side. This is how goods are moving in the country, planes, trains, and automobiles. And this is, goes back to Charles Dow. I mean, we're, you know, we're talking ancient history here. This is the Dow theory. This is the new version of the Dow theory, basically. This is the new version of the Dow theory. Really, essentially, if you want to put it together, it's the cyclical and non-cyclical aspects of the U.S. economy done through this economic modern family, which I created characters for. For characters that are cartoons, characters that are dolls, characters that I've dressed as and performed as. Okay. So yeah. uh, a lot of people are hearing things on CNBC and they're reading the newspaper. There's a lot of gibberish out there all the time. What are they supposed to make of all that uh, when they see these different phases? How are they supposed to d decide what to move on when they just see so many opinions all the time? Well, first of all, I'd say stop paying attention to all the opinions. Um, I mean, you can have your favorite people that you follow, of course, and you can consider that. But for me, as I said, I will look at the fundamentals, but unless I have the compass telling me I'm going in the right direction, I won't get involved in that particular instrument. So here's a perfect example. Let's move away from equities for a second and talk about commodities because that's where I cut my teeth. It was on the commodities exchange. I mean, I made all my money in coffee, sugar, silver, gold, crude oil. So I'm still watching those very carefully. So what would be your favorite commodity today? I'm sorry, yes, I didn't hear what you. What would be your favorite commodity today? Well, the gold and the gold miners are actually, they've done very, very well. We've been holding a position in them for months and months and months. And essentially, when I say talking heads, if things will heat up, and let's face it, you can't ignore the fact that we have zero interest rates around the world, some places negative, that we're heading in the same direction in the United States, which could be inflationary, that the dollar is still doing very, very well, but for how long? If Trump gets his way, the dollar will start being devalued, and China and India and Russia are kind of joining together to possibly work on not using the dollar as the world currency. We've got the tariff situation. You've got all these situations which could you make you caution, cautious in terms of buying a lot of equities, but as we know, right now things look okay, but there's mixed. The modern family is mixed, which tells you to still exercise caution, whereas gold, gold miners, and now silver have been going up all year, which tells you, A, that whatever troubles you're hearing about in the news are being reflected in some fear buying through gold, and B, that there might be an anticipation going forward. That inflation, even though the metrics are telling you there is none, could actually start to reverse. Because, again, it's psychology. And what happens when people are going through a geopolitical crisis? Let's, let's throw the Middle East into that mix, too. Yeah. That gold when, looks like a good refuge in that kind of environment, yes. Exactly. And then at what point does gold actually switch now to more of an inflationary play? And that's where you would watch the miners and silver. Very good. Well, thanks so much. Uh, my guest this hour has been Mish Schneider. She is Director of Trading Education at MarketGage.com. You can find out more about her at that website. Also, MoneyWithMish.com. She does a daily commentary. 
and her latest book is called Plant Your Money Tree, A Guide to Growing Your Wealth. Thanks so much for being a great guest on the Money Answer Show, Mish. Thank you so much for having me, Jordan. It was a pleasure. Thank you, and we'll be back next week with another edition of the Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.